0: Welcome to the Designers Business Community Podcast, where Eric will be having conversations with other designers and share ideas, struggles, and tips relating to their businesses. Building a business could feel isolating, and that's exactly why we want to have these conversations to help you in your journey. Now sit back, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to our Designers Community Podcast. I'm Eric Lee, and in this episode, we get a chance to talk with award-winning interior designer Riza Pillard. Not only is she the founder and lead designer of Beyond Beige Interior Design, she was also recently recognized as NKBA's Designer of the Year of 2021. It's my honor to have her on our podcast. Well, thank you, Riza. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, so I, um, I, I wanted to just introduce to the audience uh, Risa Pollard is with Beyond Beige, and she's uh, local in my town, Vancouver, and she's done amazing work, won some some great awards. The most recent one, I think you were recognized with the NKB, uh, NKBA as uh, Design of the Year, right? Was that it?
1: Yeah, that's right. I was uh, awesome. shocked to uh, uh, achieve that for uh, not the second year in a row, but two times. Um, so to get it this year was uh, very flattering.
0: Oh, that's so great. I I, I love seeing people excel in in their field. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe um, you can dive a little bit more into introductions for our listeners. Tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about Beyond Beige. So Beyond
1: Beige uh, has been operating as a full service design firm for a long time. Um, I think we're in our 18th or 19th year now. And uh, so we um, do a really wide range of projects, which keeps us uh, from getting bored. So we have a lot of diversity, which I really enjoy. That's uh, not in, you know, that's by design. And we just really enjoy bringing the aspects of the client's personality, their Desires as to the way that they want to live and their connection to their environment into a residential space. So that's where we really thrive with the residential. And then we change that philosophy to um, commercial with, you know, what is the underlying thing that we're actually selling? What's really happening here? It's obvious to say, oh, it's, you know, a barbershop or selling haircuts. But the underlying thing is that. You're selling, you know, um, a social atmosphere, and d- just different things like that. So, um, so that's sort of the philosophy of Beyond Beige is to take each project on with a lot of um, uh, insight into what's um, behind the obvious, and um, and to and to enjoy each project.
0: Right, for sure. Right, if we can't enjoy what we do, then why are we doing it? That's right. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I'm glad you found that for yourself. Yeah. Um, Let's explore a little bit about when you first start business. I'm, I'm curious, uh, have you always known that you'd be in business for yourself? And what was the impetus of you starting your own business?
1: Uh, just the opposite, actually. Um, my family, um, bless them, uh, did not believe that interior design was a profession. Um, <laughs> they uh, supported it as a hobby and uh, thought that it would make a great um, pastime in my spare time. And so I really... Um, went forward thinking that I would do something more um, academic in their footsteps I you know went to UBC and came out with a bachelor's still having no idea what I was doing and uh, I ended up uh, ironically uh, working um, at the downtown library and eventually oh, wow. down a path of being a librarian <laughs> which seems truly comical today um, and comical to most people um, and so uh so i tried a whole bunch of different things um with this kind of background noise of design continually um, nagging at me and so it in in my world it took me a long time to settle on the fact that this is really what i was meant to do and i guess there's a beauty in finding that out by trying everything else out first and then coming back to it. So you know that it's something that's really drawing you. And so um, <clears throat> and so after doing a number of other things for quite a long time, I went back to school and went back to BCIT. Um, and I found it so interesting to realize that um, although my instincts were there and some people I believe could be schooled and never have the instincts, um, right. The reverse was also true that there was a lot of formality to what you learn and there is it's not all subjective there are um, better practices um to follow and so it was a great value to um to go back to school and it wasn't just something that i was like meant to do you have to uh, learn to do it as well and so it came out um with the with what i felt was the combined elements of the intuition with the formal training
0: Yeah, that's great. So you kind of had the the best of both worlds, I guess, that way.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was ready to go at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) (laughs) were you always quite entrepreneurial or or this was your first business that you ventured into?
1: I was. um, When I think back on it now, I did have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Again, my parents um, did not. And so they didn't um, really want to um, harness that, uh, they, so I, um, you know, had many ventures that I, I did, um, but I don't think I actually believed that I would, um, become an entrepreneur and become a business owner until Mm -hmm. it was just really, um, there in front of me. And I almost felt like I had no other option. Right. so wh- why did you pick
0: starting your own firm versus working for someone then uh, at the time?
1: That's a great question. Um, it was sort of a default. Um, I started my business in a furniture store and um, and just it just kind of exploded. And so the next thing I knew, my passion, had really come forward and so i didn't really have relativity to the fact that suddenly i had all these clients and i was doing everything live and learning as i went and um, it was just really growing exponentially but not with any kind of management or control attached to it just um, with straight desire and um, and then um, the furniture store owner turned around and told me that, in in fact, he did not want me to be doing that. Uh, he wanted me to be running the furniture store business. And uh, so I, I sort of had a decision to make, and I thought, you know, I I think I'll just go and start doing this on my own. And so I, you know, took my pencil box of supplies and and, <laughs> uh, and, and went to my um room and uh started started a business and um I, I mean i can look back and laugh at it and now um but certainly i don't know that i would recommend it
0: right yeah exactly it's, it's a daunting task so i'm proud of you for just jumping in there
1: yeah i mean you just um pardon the expression but you learn everything and just ask backwards everything is uh, difficult because um you don't have a template or a, um, you know, um, or any kind of reference to any business element of it. So you've learned design; you know that you're good at design, but how on earth do you invoice people? And how do you set forth having um, uh, a process and a protocol that that you know sets the expectations? I didn't have any of those things, and I had no reference to any of those things. So I was, um, I felt like that was, you know, a huge um, hindrance to me being able to get on with the business.
0: Right, for sure. So I guess before you started the business, you probably had some expectation, you know, and then when you actually got into the business, let's say five years afterwards, or, or even now looking back, was it what you expected from the early days?
1: Um. Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, I guess that's kind of a a multifaceted question. And so there are aspects um, that have, you know, surpassed my expectation as to what I thought that this would look like. I don't think I expected to have the number of staff that I do, I sort of understood the interior design business to be um a person and potentially one other person so i think that that has been different um but i also didn't expect that i would be needing to do so much business right i thought that yes. i would be um doing 90 percent design and 10 percent business and that was right. just really wrong
0: yeah, I, I think a lot of designers and artists actually start out that way with their business, right? Because uh, either working for someone or being uh, artists on their own, that's the majority of what they do. But when you grow a business, there's just so much more to it, right?
1: Yeah, I remember um, very early on, really struggling with some aspect of the business and reading uh, the e-myth and um, right. you know, the analogy, of course, that just because you love ice cream doesn't mean you're going to be good at owning an ice cream store and yeah. that somehow being I guess that I love ice cream uh really hit home and mm-hmm. um, that really resonated that there of course there are two completely different things going on um parallel to each other and that I um uh was um obviously uh quite good at the actual design, but really not good at running a business. I mean, as mentioned, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have parents that had um, any entrepreneurial spirit in them whatsoever. So I was really um, like living um, this, um, you know, work life completely on my own and really trying to, to figure it out, um, which, right. which is, you know, which is, is just can be very, very, as you mentioned, daunting and difficult.
0: Yeah, I, I remember also, because I, I started similar to you, just home office growing a one like by myself and then taking on one staff. But I remember early on as a owner, as business owners, we can talk, but it's it's a little bit lonely up there, right? Because you can't confide in your staff, obviously for confidentiality, and you don't have colleagues So, uh, yeah, there is that a bit of that, that aspect of who do I go to and where do I turn to? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, that's, it was very true. And there wasn't the same, I mean, back then, I feel like I'm talking like a person that's really old, but back then there wasn't the same um, level of connection online, right? So you didn't have like groups Mm. and meetups and all, all of these different things that you could potentially tap into now to have some camaraderie on what you're going through um it was um very much um and and i i actually um not only did i not know um anybody that was really entrepreneurial um but i also didn't know um any designers so i was really um just going at it blindly
0: no, that, that's true and even if like uh, again I'm, I'm applying to to my growth the only designers that i can really confide on were the ones in my class because The the mentality is, well, it's hard to go to a competitor and ask them and share struggles, right? That's just unheard of. Yeah, that's right.
1: I actually had a very, like, um, unsettling experience when I, the reason I ended up at the furniture store is because there was a designer uh, that was working there, and um, I quite admired her. And so when I got hired, I was very excited to have the opportunity to um, work with her. And so I got hired and I went up to her and I said, oh, hi, I'm Risa. I'm, you know, been hired um, as a furniture store consultant, but also as a designer. Uh, and she looked at me and she said, hmm, OK. And I said, oh, I'm so excited to learn things from you. And she said, no, not me, honey. You won't be talking to me. <laughs>
0: oh yeah i know unfortunately that's mentality of a lot of people so yeah.
1: you know it was a wonderful experience to have because um i i believe that it set something in me that i thought i will never ever ever um recreate that experience for anybody else um, right. my door is wide open to anybody that feels like they can garner um some information from me or that i have something to offer them that i will encourage yeah. that on on all levels
0: That's great. And, you know, this podcast is an evidence of that, right? I reach out to you where Mm -hmm. we know of each other, where we're part of Haven and we're in the same city, but we've really never shared ideas like this for the benefit of the new designers. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So in the early days, how did you learn about business? Because obviously you didn't do MBA or anything like that. How did you learn on your own?
1: Um, I did actually separately do an entrepreneurial program through CIT, um, okay. but I felt that um, uh, that you know it was sort of like skimmed the surface. Uh, okay. Really, was what it was, and and of course it wasn't specifically applicable to the design industry. And there is so much that's actually very unique um, to the design industry. I feel that's it's it's hard to relate it to. A number of other um, businesses. So, um, so I did uh, do my best to, um, you know, to read and and to take on um, and to absorb whatever I could. And I did um, make sure that if there was somebody that was um, a senior to me, that was in any kind of business, that I always found them extremely interesting. And I probably had just a million questions to annoy them with. Um, you know, people's fathers and things that, uh, you know, that were either, um, you know, running their own business or in some sort of management level. And so I always found that extremely interesting. So I would always try to tap in whatever I
0: could. Right, for sure. So if you had a time machine and you <clears> went <throat> back, what would you have done differently for your business?
1: I would have um, taken the time to connect with uh people or groups or anybody that i could see had relatable like relevant knowledge um and so or Hmm. and or going and doing um some sort of internship or anything to be in that real life sort of um arena and to be trying to connect with people because there is just so much that you can download from somebody that has, if you're interested, that has um, knowledge and experience that they're willing to share and offer, that is so valuable. Like, you know, things that like they might even see as being like almost too basic to relate to you. But if you're there and asking the question, you know, um, there's just um, layers and layers of um, information that um, you can take in that uh, that will just set you, you um, Free of being so bogged down in all of these different things, or just trial and error things that like are more error than trial, right? You know, mm-hmm. but, and so I can uh, 100% say that I would um, just have been more patient, right, so that I could have taken the time to have, um, you know, maybe that first um, connection didn't work out, but there would have been future ones that potentially could have, or I could have worked in a firm, or I could have um, reached out two more designers that um, that may have possibly, um, you know, connected with me. So that is definitely um, one big thing that I can look back on and see.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. So early on in your career, who did you look up to, whether it's on the design side or the business side? Were there any ones that you, like, looked up to or, or was aspiring to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm going to probably date myself now um so you know I was um I was quite obsessed with uh Sarah Richardson um and right. uh, and then um and then further to that there was a number of other designers probably that I uh sort of admired and of course um you know I was aware of Kelly Wurstler and uh um, some other um designers and then um so there was a, a number of them that i would um look, i'm trying to remember because i was gonna say follow but of course back then i wasn't following them in the same, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so i was aware of them and i would uh you know i would probably get books on them as well what i was doing um yes i do remember um uh, my first kelly wurstler book and um being very very excited to to go through that so um so that I did find really um, helpful. And then I hadn't been um, in business for that long when I had this amazing opportunity to um, to go and visit Jamie Drake, who is a U.S. Um, interior designer for right. the stars. And um, so I, I went to... Um, meet him and hang out with him for a little bit and he was just such an amazing character i mean i just needed more time but i mean he was willing to um to indulge me in anything i wanted to to know but he was just obviously at that point was like he was like a larger than life character it was like me meeting the queen or something right, right. it was just it was it was, uh, it, was uh, it was a bit much to to uh, feel like there was anything to, uh, very relatable but it was a re- really great experience
0: that's great. So um, let's talk about uh, some tips for, for designers. Um, you know, think back to the days when you were trying to get your first project. What what tip would you give to a new designer trying to get their, their first project?
1: Um, I think that the first um, thing, I guess even before that, is just um, – I hear from a lot of designers today, like that this is a very competitive industry. And so to not find that daunting, to not allow yourself to um like if you are committed, like you put your blinders on and you go for it. You don't care what anybody says about how competitive it is and how many people there are, like you're going to find a way. And that's really what it takes today is to not let Anything get in your way, and to um, just um, you know, you just keep going. And so, when you start out, um, you may have a lot of um, projects that um, maybe maybe you have a lot of um, people that you're trying to connect to, and and you're not being successful that way, or you're trying to get an internship, or you're trying to get a job, um, and you just have to just that perseverance is is so important. And then that translates to the same thing with getting your first project right, like you. realize that your first project is probably going to come from the universe, bringing a whole bunch of things together. Maybe there is a personal connection and a timing and, and, you know, um, it's not necessarily like the fact that monetarily, like, you're the cheapest because you're the newest. It's a convergence of, of elements that are going to make that first project happen. And so just continuing to have the confidence to um to put your best foot forward and to be um and to be confident that eventually it will come to not have that sort of um, sense of of defeat when, right. say, it takes a while you know if you look at what actors have to go through um, yeah i would say that this is probably easier still than this.
0: <laughs> yeah no i i agree and really all you need is that first project isn't it then you can point yeah. to that
1: yeah and then you just really get that that first one under your belt and I think that um that desire goes a long way to 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 not pretend to be too cool for school to um to not pretend that like you know you've been doing this forever and yeah you know we're kind of gonna sit back and see what happens and then you know you kind of shrug it off if it doesn't happen you go all in and you say you know I I recognize I'm I'm newer but guess what because I'm new I'm I'm like I'm gonna do what it takes and I'm gonna Um, I've got the passion to make, to, to prove myself, you know, I'm going to try that much harder and you really got to put that forward to somebody so that they take notice of that.
0: Right. Yeah. Those are two great tips for, uh, for new aspiring designers, for sure. Um, For new aspiring designers, how, how important do you think is the understanding of the business side of things? Oh, I think it's, potentially
1: more important than your skills at design. <laughs> that, that important, yeah. let's put it that way. Um, I think that uh, there's just so many opportunities to do yourself a disservice or to have things not go well, um, or to um, you know have the opportunity and then sort of blow it if you don't have a good knowledge, a baseline knowledge of business. You have to understand that the people that are coming to you are business people. Um, and have to understand how uh, the, what their expectations are. I always think that managing expectations is, is massive. Um,
0: yeah. That's a
1: huge term that I present to my staff is um, making sure that that's really clear. And if you don't have your own business laid out in a way that you truly understand it and that it's really, really clear, then you're not going to be able to um, do a great job of um, presenting that to, to somebody else, a potential client. So um, I used to wing it all the time. And, um, and you know, um, many cases, um, you know, I could kind of hang on to my hat and, and make it happen, but in many cases, um, it just didn't make the experience um, nearly as good as it could have been
0: right for sure okay well thank you so much those are really good tips um is there anything else you want to share with our audience is
1: there anything else um i think that um just knowing that this is a passion work that you're going to be doing and so um, it is a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and you're all in. And so, just managing yourself as well, like just really keeping your headspace um from you know not going through those like really big highs and lows if a client right. is um unhappy with you you've really got to look inward and understand what your responsibility to that is and learn from it um but you're just going to keep going and you're going to realize that like you never stop learning in this industry like never stop and that's a yeah. wonderful wonderful thing that um you know um that, that you're just going to find that there's new avenues and just like, you know, new technology and just stuff like constant, right? And that's just such an exciting place to be. And so if you can just always be taking it um, with like a fresh set of eyes and not letting, um, you know, the things that sometimes are a bit tedious um, wear you out or wear you down, then you're going to find that this is a really, really exciting industry to be in.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I I love the way you ended that off. Thank you so much. Um, what's some good contact and some social handles to to follow and to reach you by?
1: Ah, uh, so you're we're uh, um, you can um, see us on our website at beyondbeige.com. dot uh, We're under um, Beyond Beige on Instagram, and we now have our YouTube channel, and uh, we love doing. Um, ridiculous little videos and different things to keep things light we always yeah. want to pre- present that this is um, you know about uh, taking our work seriously but not taking ourselves too seriously right so yeah. uh, so that's what we're usually putting out there as far as content um, and uh, yeah those are probably our art and so we're always trying to keep up with uh, social media content. Um, and of yes. course there's just my own personal one too at Risa
0: Pollard yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Riza, for being on here. Thanks, um, Eric. Yeah. Great advice.
1: Great. Oh, wonderful.
0: Thanks for listening to the Designers Business Community Podcast. For more conversations with designers, please follow our podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. You can also join our Facebook group to connect with other designers near you. For business success tips, you can visit our Starfish Coaching YouTube channel. And for more information about our online courses for design businesses, please visit our website at starfishcoaching.net.